Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another new episode of the Define University podcast and what are quickly becoming my favorite episodes. We have another Share Your Story series with an educator that I recently, uh, actually, I'm not going to say recently, I'm going to say a few months ago, I was introduced with or introduced to through uh, the Teach Better Network. We are both Teach Better ambassadors and I could not be more excited to have Mark Horner here on the Define You podcast. So Mark, hey, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. Well, I am incredibly honored to be here. When you invited me on here, I gotta tell you, I've had a hard time sleeping since that invite, so. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. I, you know, these stories, I think very much, um, you know, our stories are our superpower. And I will say that, you know, till I'm blue in the face at this point. Um, But I just think it's so important to remember, like, where we started, what our goals are, what's our mission, you know, who inspired us? Because these are all things that, you know, at the end of a tough day or or any day, really, I remind myself of those things because that's that's what keeps me going. That's what builds my momentum. And so I'm so excited to dive into a little bit of that with you uh, tonight as we record this. But before we do that, um, I would love for you to just share a little bit with the Defining listeners about, you know, who you are, what you do, all those kind of like preliminary questions um, just to kind of start the episode off. All right. Well, I am Mark Horner, and I am a proud husband to my wife, Jennifer, of 21 years. Um, we, uh, we have two incredible children, both of whom are here in the high school with me. My daughter is a senior. Her name is Kelsey, and my son is a freshman, uh, and his name is Noah. And I get to see both of them every other day wandering through the hallways now since we're on this hybrid schedule. Uh, I've actually been teaching um, here in Talmadge for 22 years. So I student taught at Talmadge Middle School. I taught for a couple years at Talmadge Middle School, and then they bumped me up to the high school, and I've been here ever since. 22 years that seem to have gone by, like overnight. So, yeah. and I and I actually live. I actually live in the uh, the city that I teach in as well. I'm one of those teachers. <laughs> I love it. So you are you are all there. I love that. Um, I love that so much. And. So if you, so you've been teaching 22 and you've been with your wife 21. So she's been with you the whole, the whole journey, the whole educational journey, right? (laughs) She has been a tremendous catalyst. (laughs) So uh, a catalyst, inspiration, a prod, uh, an accountability partner. Uh, Honestly, Mm -hmm. if it hadn't been for my wife, I I really honestly don't know where I would be because, uh, and I think that's part of my story that's really um, interesting is that I, I didn't have a lot of direction when I graduated high school. I went to college because that's what you were supposed to do. And I went locally here to the University of Akron and did not take my academic adventure too seriously. I mean, I, I wasn't a good high school student uh, and I certainly wasn't any better in college. Uh, had, had it been a different time, like if, we if I would have been a student today, 
then I probably would have been encouraged to go one of the other, we have the three E's here, you know, enrollment, enlistment, and employment. I would have probably been encouraged to enlist or go the employment route. I just wasn't a serious, serious student. And, um, and, but then I went to college like you were supposed to back then. And um, about, well, let's see, I think it was, it's my, it was my wife's second year in college, about my third year, and I met her and we started seeing each other. We actually dated for six years before we, we got married. Uh, but at one point, finally, she said, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I've changed my major. I don't know how many times I, I you know, I was going to be Indiana Jones and I declared psychology or, or I mean, declared archaeology, uh, found out there was no archaeology program at the University of Akron. So then I declared psychology, you know, and then I went into communications because I wanted to do this. I wanted to be a radio broadcaster and, you know, broadcast the NBA games. And I was coaching basketball at the same time. And I love basketball. And uh, finally, I decided to I settled in on history. I really liked history because I had a profession. Now, I hated history when I was in high school. Absolutely. I hated all school. I mean, I'll just put that out there. I did not like it. Uh, but I had a history professor at the University of Akron who really just turned it into a story and, um, and started. I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. I think I'll take another class with this guy. And I did. And then I just took another history class and another one. And then my wife was like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no clue. You know, I don't, I don't know what I'm, what do I do with a history degree? I, I mean, am I going to be Robin Williams and, you know, work in a museum and hope that all those characters come alive or what, you know, <laughs> so just, I, it was, it was crazy, but I, I, I thought, you know what? I love kids. I love coaching. Um, I want to coach at the college level. Uh, that was really an aspiration I had at the time. And so I thought, you know what, the easiest route to do to coach is to coach high school basketball. Let's become a teacher. And so I declared education and honestly, Lindsay, uh, unashamedly, I will tell you because it is my story. I had to go back and retake classes when I finally decided what it was I wanted to do um, and, and retook them. And my wife just kept saying, if you want to get married, you got to get that, you got to get the degree. She dangled that carrot. So, and Lindsay, I will be, I will tell you that I proudly hold the record in my family of having taken eight years to get my undergrad degree. So, and I hold that record with pride. <laughs> hey, you have it. To me, that is, that is all that matters is you got it. And I love that story so much and for, for a lot of different reasons. And the one, so the, re, the reason I initially asked it was because, so my, I have been uh, with my husband, we've been married 10 years, we've been together 15. And I started my 15th year of education this year, mm -hmm. of being an educator. And kind of an education too, because I seem to just keep taking more classes. Um, mm -hmm. But that's that's like another story. Um, and, and he's been with me the whole journey, right? So he was with me when I student taught and he was with me during that first year of of tears. It was a year of tears, my first year teaching at really first first few. And I just remember though that ongoing support of you have to laminate tonight. Great, let's do it together. You got a you got a lesson plan. What can I find for you? And and it was that ongoing piece that really helped keep me going. But also, I remember distinctly at five years in when I went to him and I said, I can't do this anymore. I can't I can't teach anymore, and it's breaking my heart, and I don't know what to do. And he kept encouraging me to realize that education isn't just teaching. It's not mm -hmm. just being in front of its in students. He goes, what else could you do? What else do you love? And, you know, I just think sometimes we need those people, right? We need those accountability people in our lives to really help us see when we aren't able to see. Mm -hmm. 
And I think, you know, my husband was that for me during this process. And I think we as educators get to be that for students that so often they can't see, you know, through the fog, through the mud, through everything. And, you know, just like you, like you were like, I don't know, but having that person to say, well, you know, I'm here, but what is it? What's it going to be? Make that decision. Um, it, it can be, can be, can be it. And I think the fact that we get to do that as educators, but also celebrate who in our lives is that for us. Mm-hmm. I think that's just a really cool, um, thing to remember. Cause I don't think we always do. No, I think you're right. We, we don't remember those things, but then when we take a second to think about them, especially, you know, since we've been in kind of in the game for such a long time, if you look back and you look at, you know, that the support that your husband gave you, what, what's his name again? Eric. Eric, what the support that Eric gave you, um, Eric had no idea that by his support, he would put you in a position where present day you are impacting so many lives. And, and you know, your influence extends all the way here in the town. I quote you all the time, you know, in our conversation that we had a while ago about uh, when, when things are uncertain, mm-hmm. you know, on certain times, that's when creativity is unlocked. Well, I, I cannot even begin to tell you how many times I brought that up. And I'm, I'm like, my friend Lindsay said this. Let me tell you about Lindsay. And let me tell you how one of these days I'm going to get her to zoom in here so she can meet you guys. But I'm telling them that all the time. So your husband pushed and prodded you and then you stayed faithful to the course. And now, you know, the, the trickle down effect is people's lives are being impacted everywhere. And I, and I try to tell my wife that because sometimes I think my wife feels like, okay, she's the silent partner behind the scenes you know, and she's the more introverted one. I'm, I'm the extroverted one and I'm talking, but I'm like, listen, you're as big a piece to this puzzle as anybody else. If it weren't for you and if it weren't for God, I'd be living in a cardboard box somewhere probably in downtown Akron right now. But you, you know, you supported me and you pushed me. And now I, I have the greatest adventure and the greatest, you know, job in the world where I'm just surrounded by kids and I get to love on them every day. So it is amazing how those things work out. It really is. And I think it's another, you know, it's a reminder too that, you know, I say education and, and this isn't, this isn't a Lindsay quote, but you know, that education is, it's one of the careers that, that you have to have, like you had to anchor in delay of gratification, right? Mm-hmm. You got to anchor in the, the, the message and the meaning and the miracles that we are impacting. We might not be impacting for 10 years from now. Yeah. And so I think it's so important, especially on those challenging days and, you know, we just started here with kids last week and we've already had some challenging days and, and that's okay. You know, we're here and we're, we're learning through today. We're going to grow into tomorrow. But I, I constantly am reminding the staff I work with, you know, remember the impact may not, it might be felt today. It might be felt tomorrow. It might be 10 years from now. And I think that's just so important for educators. If you're, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling like you're not making that difference, you know, hopefully these stories help you because I didn't, 10 years ago, I was ready to leave the field. I was, I was Googling, you know, what can I do with an education degree? What else can I do out there? I was ready to be a personal assistant. I was ready to be, you know, something because I just needed, I needed something else. And it really wasn't, it was me being okay saying, you know, I'm okay if I'm not the, the, I say front and center teacher, not that I believe teachers are front and center, but just the in the classroom teacher but realizing I can have other roles and I've had many of them and that's still okay. I'm still impacting others. But, but like you said, and I'm so grateful for your, for your feedback and your comments and sharing out all things Define University because Define you wouldn't be here if I hadn't gone through my own personal growth journey. 
And so, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, through your, through your, you know, 20 plus years, has there been, or have there been moments when you've like, you're like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know what to do right now. And, and if so, what are some ways that you've kind of got, you got, a, you got over that hurdle or through that barrier or roadblock? Uh, you know, there, there are, um, there are a few watershed moments uh, throughout my, my teaching career. And, and honestly, what I just, I'll be honest with you. There, there have been moments where I've struggled because I, I did struggle academically. Uh, and a lot of it was that I didn't put a lot into it, but a lot of it, the reason I didn't put it a lot into it is because I just felt inferior and I could go back through time. And I can tell you that I had uh, moments with certain teachers where they planted this seed of inferiority into me and it plagued me and, and it haunted me. And, and it carried over into my teaching. I mean, honestly, when I was supposed to student teach, I was assigned to a different school here in Summit County. And I got a call from the University of Akron by the assigner and he called me in and he's like, listen, we looked at your past grades. You're not cut out to be a teacher. We, we wanna put a serious candidate in this position. And so they removed me. Now keep in mind, my wife had told me I had to graduate in order for us to get married. Uh, I had finally like bought in to teaching. I, I was dead set on, on being a teacher. I was super excited. I'd picked up a coaching job uh, or no, actually I hadn't picked up a coaching job yet. That's going to come here shortly. But um, when they, when they took that away from me, I thought my world was coming to an end literally. And I mean this very literally, I drove home to my apartment and I walked in, thought my world was crashing. I looked at my answer machine and it was blinking. And on it was a gentleman by the name of Dick Fox, who was an eighth grade social studies teacher at Tommage Middle School. And his message went somewhere along the lines of, hey, listen, I've been waiting for a couple of weeks to hear back from you. I haven't heard back. If I don't hear back from you ASAP, I'm finding another student teacher. I didn't even know that my, my application had been su submitted there. I call that divine intervention. Somebody else, can, you can call it whatever you want, but to me it was divine intervention. I mean, I called him up as fast as, as fast as I possibly could. I met with him a couple days later and I started student teaching the next semester. And I was, I was older, I was 28 at the point at the time. And he goes, he asked me, do you want to teach one class and observe the others? I'm like, give me all of them. I'll take them all. And I took over from that point on. And then I got a, I got a coaching position there. Uh, but I remember that battle when I was told that I wasn't a, a worthy candidate to student teach, you know, and the self doubt. And I've had moments all throughout my teaching career where that has plagued me, uh, where it's just been an, you know, an insecurity and I've had to overcome that. And the way I've overcome it, honestly, is by just talking to my kids and saying, Hey, you've got doubts. I've got doubts. You know, I'm, I'm listening to this story and then I'm able to tell them that story. And that's why I really, it, I coached basketball cause I loved it. And like I said, I really wanted to coach at the college level. I was, you know, going to be the next Coach K and all that other stuff. I was in the classroom for about a semester, maybe a year at the longest, and it flipped. I was like, I fell in love with the classroom, and I fell in love with the kids, and all I wanted to do was just be around them. And so I was around them in everything. I've coached every sport. I've attended every single event you could possibly imagine because I just want to be a part of their lives uh, so that I can tell them that story and just say, hey, you know what? doesn't matter what's in the past, you can't let it hold you back. You just got to keep moving forward. You know, but I, throughout the, you know, there are times where, you know, you start to get a little stagnant and stable. And it seems like at every moment where that happens, an opportunity presents itself for me to kind of step into a different role and kind of reignite my passion and just kind of re-energize me and just keep me moving. 
uh, you know, and I just, I'm thankful for that. I was teaching, you know, eighth grade and then they bumped me to the high school. I didn't want to come to the high school. Uh, our superintendent came up and he's like, Mark, we want to move you to the high school. How do you feel about that? And I had just found out we were expecting my daughter, just started my master's uh, program and just bought a house. So I looked at our superintendent. I'm like, well, Dr. Fred Martino, another huge influence in my life. He, I'm like, well, thanks for the offer, but I'm pretty content where I'm at. And he goes, well, sorry about your luck. You're out of here, you know, and he moved me to the high school. So that reignited, that kickstarted another, another chapter in my career. Uh, and then a couple years, I'm trying to remember, maybe about eight years ago, um, our principal at the time, she was ready to leave and our advanced placement U.S. history teacher retired. And she's like, we want you to take that class over. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, no way. You can't teach advanced placement. You know, you couldn't even say the words advanced placement when you were in high school. You're not going to teach that class. And they just kept pursuing me. And so when I took that over, that just lit another fire under me. And it just really, that challenge just opened up a whole new realm of education. Uh, and then they gave me a psychology class. And that, you know, when I started teaching psychology, that reignited something else. And, and now, you know, there's just other leadership positions that I've been able to occupy and then other things outside of the classroom that I've been able to participate in that really just kind of fire me up. So they've all come at opportune times where I start to feel and, eh, you know, start to enter into that valley. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're back up on the hilltop. So. Yeah. And that, I love that. And I think it's, it's such a good reminder that, you know, if you are feeling like, eh, you know, like you still have this purpose and passion for teaching, but you might kind of lose your steam. You might kind mm -hmm. of be like, I don't know. And, and it's absolutely okay to say, you know what, I'm going to keep doing this and then I'm going to grow over here. And, and I think the other important thing is that the growth over here, it might be in the classroom, it might be in your school or district, it might be a hobby outside of work that is just something fun and, and that you want to do. And, mm -hmm. you know, I love tying that all back, of course, like to define you, because that's the whole, that's the whole purpose here. You get to define it, right? You don't have to do all the things, you get to decide what that is. And I love that. One, I love that you share that story with your students because I think that is so powerful. And I think, you know, self-doubt, I think is one of those, you know, emotions, one of those mindsets that hold hold so many people back. I know it held me back for, for years. Um, I had a, you know, a, a college professor that um, told me I couldn't write papers. I was a terrible writer, terrible speaker. Well, I already had, I, I already grew up quiet. I already didn't like talking. And then to have now at the college level, someone tell you, you can't do it, that very much to any progress I had made very quickly, you know, brought it down. And I think it's, there's so much power in, in our words. And I think as educators, you know, we don't know who our students are going to be a year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. And I think it's so important. That's why it's so important to reach the child in your class now and not put these like arbitrary ceilings or arbitrary you know, results that we don't know because there's so many stories out there that say, Hey, you know, we, we have our own stories here. I grew up quiet. I now have a podcast. Like I grew up quiet. I am now a speaker. I, you know, like it's, it doesn't make sense, but it does because this is my journey, right? You grew up like, I don't know what I want to do. It took me eight years to do this. And now I'm an educator inspiring students to, to go after and, and crush their doubts by finding them the confidence in themselves 
And by doing that, by sharing your vulnerability. So I think, you know, when, when teachers ask me, like, how do I connect? How do I, how do I secure these relationships? It sounds, you know, almost like broken record and robotic, but I'm like, keep asking questions, keep getting to know them, keep sharing what parts of your story you feel comfortable sharing because that something is going to connect and something is going to have that student be like, that was the teacher that did it for me. And, and the fact that even if I don't know if I've been that teacher, the fact that I can, the fact that there's that potential, that, that's a part of the reason I show up every day. Because I don't, I'm not going to know that today, but I believe by showing up, I have the potential and that to me, that's good enough. You know, that's, that's part of why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, and, and that's awesome. Uh, as you're talking, uh, I've got a friend, Jeff Springer. I don't know if you've uh, met Jeff yet. You'll, you'll eventually meet him on, on Twitter at some point. Um, he, he talked the other night about how the classroom is a victory garden. And when he said that, it kind of, I, I tuned in because being the history teacher and thinking back to World War I when they, the government, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson was pushing everybody to grow these victory gardens. And that was the, the historical analogy he was using. He's like, listen, your classroom is the victory garden. You have to cultivate it. You have to water it. You have to feed it on a daily basis, whether the sun is out or if it's cold and, you know, just crappy weather, whatever the weather is, you've got to cultivate that victory garden because you are raising them to be prepared for this war called life. Uh, and, and it blows my mind. I mean, even earlier today, we were talking about uh, things that in one of my classes about, you know, what drives you, what, what are you passionate about? And you kind of get these patented answers like, well, well, making some money, uh, you know, getting through high school. No, like, no, really, what are you passionate about? Let's talk about what you're really passionate. And so many of these kids haven't talked about what they're really, really passionate about because they don't get a lot of opportunities to do that. And how do you, how do you um, celebrate who you are as an individual? And how do you, you know, allow that part of your life to blossom if people aren't encouraging you? So, I mean, I'm reminded on a daily basis about how important you and I are as teachers and, and how we have to cultivate that environment where these kids are, it's okay to pursue their dreams and pursue their passions. I have a young lady who's gonna be a guest on my, my podcast. The podcast I do is I interview teachers and alumni from our high school. And then I push it out to our community. And it, our mascot is, a, a, we're Blue Devils. And, and so it's a playoff of Zach Galifianakis' Between Two Ferns. And I call it Between Two Blue Devils. And, um, and so she's gonna come back and she's gonna share, but she's pursuing a career on Broadway. And I'll never forget a couple years ago, she said, well, my dream is to be on Broadway, but I'm not gonna pursue that. And we had many heart-to-heart -heart talks about how, well, why not? Why can't it be you? Why can't you pursue it? And I, I told her, I'm like, listen, Anastasia, two things will happen. Either you're going to make it on Broadway, or by pursuing that path, you're going to open up another passion, another direction, and the doors will open. Just don't let anybody hold you back. Just pursue what you love, you know, because you got to do it the rest of your life. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it, it's such a good, I love that we, that this got brought up, because I think, unfortunately all it can take is one adult to say and eh, don't do that or is that are you sure that's what you want to do or you know one of those it doesn't even have to be a negative comment but it's one of those moments of like do you really think that you could do that and I you know I'm again I'm, I'm kind of I think in line with you are like why not <laughs> like why not create the life you want to live that's that's what I live every day so why would I teach you know anything different and 
you know, I think, again, we, we have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. We have no idea what 10 years are going to bring. And, you know, I think there's a way that we can still hold conversations. And, you know, I remember last year I had a conversation with a student and his, his goal was NFL. That is, that was his goal. That is his goal. And, you know, so he took it to the next step of, well, I don't need school then. <laughs> and we had this whole conversation. I don't need school because I'm going to the NFL. And I said, hold on, buddy. So, you know, I'm pulling articles, you know, newspaper articles from, uh, you know, from news, uh, from NFL players saying like, stay in school, here's why. But then we also had some really real conversations about it. And I he's like, I don't need math. I'm like, all right, well, let's think about it. So in original math, and we did, you know, place value. I'm like, what if they only offered you, you know, five figures? He's like, well, that's good. So I wrote it out and he goes, oh, that's it? I'm like, that's it. Like you want, you want like six, seven figures, don't you? And he's like, well, yeah, I'm really good. So we could have these really amazing conversations where I was like, this is why math is important. This is why reading is important. You know, that contract you're going to sign, if you can't read it, how are you going to know the conditions or the negotiations that, that you want to make? And he's like, he's like, you know, and so it was just a really cool way to embed his interest. But now, okay, I see where you're coming from. You have a goal but how are we going to get there? And what happens if, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't think you're going to get injured, but you never know what happens, what happened, you know, NFL players only play till this age. So long story short to say, instead of, you know, squashing our kids' dreams, ask, okay, why not? And how can I help you get there? What is it that you might need? And what, how can I help you as your teacher? Well, and that's what I love about that story where you didn't, you know, say, well, come on, we got to be realistic about this you know, the odds of you making it into the NFL. No, you took that dream, you respected and valued his vulnerability in telling you that. And then as you talk to him about it, I mean, it just made him feel more and more important. Uh, and if he never makes it to the NFL, the one thing he'll always remember is that conversation where you respected him enough to listen and not tell him he's crazy. Right. You know, and too many of our kids hear that all the time. Like, uh, you know, whether it's coming from home or whether it's coming from something they're watching or reading or whether it's coming from a teacher who has no business telling them that, you know, they hear their, their dreams kind of squashed. And uh, that's not our role. Our role isn't to be realistic. Our role is to say, okay, that's your dream. Well, then let's kind of fit your education around it and let's show you how they're connected. So, yeah, oh, I love it so much. Um, all right, so we've kind of talked, I'm sure, about this, uh, this next question, but I would love to know, you know, what is your mission as an educator? You know, when you, um, when you wake up, when you are heading into work, when you are looking at, you know, Sunday, and you're looking at your week ahead, what is it that you are most passionate about? What's your mission uh, right now, especially as an educator? Well, you know, my, my mission is driven by my why, and um, I have spent a long time kind of crafting my why uh, and just kind of reflecting on it on a yearly basis. I'm a big John Gordon fan. So I pick a word, like one word. Uh, you can actually see a couple of, we're doing that in our class. So we've got words behind us now. Uh, the kids are doing that, but um, you know, it's three, threefold. And my, my why is to establish relationships, inspire people, and then to influence or to impact lives and influence kids that way, you know? And so I want to establish as many relationships as I can. And I, and I talk a little bit about what you're talking about with, with the kids. I'm like, you never know. You never know what direction your life is going to go and where a relationship is going to 
add value to you, you in the future. I mean, there's so many people that I didn't think I would be friends with way back in the day that I'm reestablishing friendships with them now because I lost opportunities to grow and I lost opportunities to be influenced by them. And, you know, so, you know, I just want to establish as many relationships with these kids as I, as I can. I want this to be their home, this classroom that we're in. When they come in here, it's a safe spot where they can be themselves. They can, they can believe, they can feel, they can think whatever they want. They're not going to get any condemnation from me. This is their home. And I tell them that all the time. I'm like, listen, John Hay and the open door policy that applies from now on. You're one of mine. You made the cut, right? I picked you. You know, I tell them this stuff all the time. And this is now your room. One, once a, a student and, and when my, with my A pushers, my AP class, we call them A pushers. I'm like, once an A pusher, you're always an A pusher. And you have that open door policy. You can come back whenever you want. You know, but I also, I want to, I want to inspire kids, you know, and, and I, try to tell my story. And there's so many other aspects of my story that it, it really truly is a miracle that I'm where I'm at and uh, doing what I'm doing. And I tell the kids that because I, I want them to hear that, you know, you can succeed. You can do what other people think you can't do. They especially love it when I tell them about my 20 year class reunion. When I went back, I graduated from a smaller school and there were about 65 in our class and there were probably about 25 at the the reunion and when i told them they were a teacher they all thought i was joking they laughed and i'm like listen guys not only am i a teacher but i have i'm certified to be an administrator now so be careful i may have one of your kids you know but um i want to inspire them and then i you know and then ultimately i just i want to impact lives directly and indirectly and i truly believe that what happens in this classroom affects eternity that's my honest, my honest belief. And uh, I want someday, you know, in the hereafter, I want to hear some of these stories about how this kid had me and he passed on this lesson or because I loved him or her or because I, you know, encouraged them to pursue a dream that here's, here's the trickle down effect, you know, that, that type of a legacy. And, and that's, what I, that's what I want to do. And, and I mean, that's why I love what I do. That's why I love being in here and being around the kids and, and just loving them. So that's, that's my why. I love it. I love that why. And I love that you brought up legacy because I think it's something, you know, I talk a lot about, uh, I have a course called Ignite Your Legacy. And mm. I don't think your legacy is something that happens when you retire from teaching. You know, I don't think, and when I started, I, I had that mindset, right? Like I had that mindset of like, well, who I am as an educator, I'll, I'll know when I'm done. And mm -hmm. that's how, that's how my mindset used to be for a lot of things. You know, I'll figure it out once I do it, then I'll be proud that I did it. And then I can move on. Well, what happened then is some things I never did. And so then that added to, you know, the self doubt and self guilt and, you know, the lowering of self worth. And now I, I have completely flipped it where I don't focus on the end result because I have no idea what tomorrow's going to bring, let alone, mm -hmm. you know, the next 30 years. So instead, I focus on the present moment. And once I started doing that and realizing, okay, what, what magic can I create today? What impact can I have today? Who can I help you know, shine the light for today? And I was like, well, why am I waiting for my legacy to be created? Like I'm creating it every day through the, through the relationships, through the connections. And I think that the important part to add in there is that connection with who you are as well. Right. In order to know your solid why, you have to know who you are as an educator. 
Otherwise, it, it doesn't come like just listening to you, you can tell you fully connected with your purpose because it flows so nicely. You're like, this is, this is what I do. This is why I show up. This is who I am. In order to know that, you at some point connected with it. And so I think for you know, educators that are, that are out there just wondering, you know, what else can I do? What else can I do? That's why I love to you know, just share, share you know, find a mirror, like get that mirror moment of who are you? Who are you as an educator? And know that you are impactful today. You know, your legacy started when you started. You know, it doesn't, there's no start, end, um, but it just kind of goes in line with that, like stop waiting mentality and just start living and, and make decisions, enjoy the decisions, learn from the decisions and keep trying the next day. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, every time you, when I watch your, your little things on social media and I like, I'm listening to you now, the whole time I'm thinking, boy, you're, you're Brene Brown. You have, you, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you've, you know, I love how in your career at some point you finally said, you know what, I'm going to embrace vulnerability. I'm going to just put it out there. And then when you became so vulnerable, that's when you really started to kind of feel the flow as, as, as a life changer. And, and, and that's a key component to it. Um, I wish I would, uh, I could nail down the, the time and the place where I kind of assumed one of my life quotes, but the one that I quote so often at home and it drives my kids nuts. And, and it's, it's the number one thing that I, the very first thing I teach every class, they have to memorize Socrates, the unexamined life is a life not worth living. That's our number one quote. And then we reflect on it on a daily basis because the self-reflection piece is what's helped me grow the most. When I finally started journaling and I started writing, and it probably goes back 10 or 12 years ago, and just brain dumping on that, on that notebook and then writing how I felt, but then connecting with other teachers and saying, you know, I'm struggling here, and then suddenly finding out that everybody struggles with the same thing. You know, we all, we all do. There isn't one teacher out there that isn't anxious and scared to death about what's going on right now. And if they tell you they aren't, then they're lying, right? We all know that we're all dealing with with self-doubt, you know, am I doing the best job that I can? Am I connecting with the kids? Uh, you know, am I gonna survive to see tomorrow? Uh, you know, am I ever gonna catch up on my sleep? All of these things, everyone's feeling the same thing. Uh, and once we kind of embrace that and say, you know what, I need help and I'm gonna lean on others who are walking this journey with me, then it just opens up a whole new world and a whole new opportunity for growth, so. That's why I appreciate what you're, what you're doing and your Define You University. And it's been neat, you know, going back and kind of catching up and hearing about how you finally said, I, I, something's got to change, mm -hmm. right? And, and then you, you started saying, okay, it starts with me. I've got to be happy and I got to love what I do and I got to love me. And then from that internal growth, suddenly, I mean, you're impacting lives like crazy, so... Yeah. And I, I, you know, I know there's like team Ray and team Jeff on teach better. I am, I am full team Mark right now for your Brene Brown comment. So thank you. Oh man. Am I going to get a t-shirt? Are they going to put a t-shirt? Well, I'll work on that for you. Um, but I think it's so, I think it's so important. So a couple of things I wanted to just kind of touch on what you mentioned there is that I think everyone does have so many emotions right now, right? There are so many emotions in education right now, but I love what you said when you said, what do I need? Because I think what I'm seeing a lot of educators do is hide behind, well, everybody's scared, everybody's anxious, everybody's nervous. And while we are, we're all to a, a different degree, 
right? There are some days where I don't feel those emotions, but then other days, oh man, it is, they're there. But it's never everybody, it's, it's I. It's like, wow, I'm anxious today, and what can I do about it? I'm really excited today, and what can I do? So I, I love that you made that connection, because yes, it's, it's a global situation, but it always, if you want change, that always has to start within. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's what took me years to figure out. I kept trying to chase and, and read the next book and do the next thing. And I finally said one day, there's got to be an easier way. And that day, talk about divine intervention. That day, I, I, I literally said out loud, there's got to be something simpler. I don't know what it is. It's got to be out there. I, I pulled open social media and who has now become one of my coaches you know, my mindset coaches, uh, she was there and her tagline was, it gets to be easy. And I was like, well, let me see what she has to say. And it was all this inner work that I had never even thought to do because I didn't, I didn't think that I was worthy of actually feeling whole, but that mm-hmm. was the thing that, that blocked me for so many years. So I think, I, I think it's such an important piece that if you're looking for something outside of who you are, have that mirror moment and look within because it's in there. We just got mm-hmm. to find it. Yeah, and, and the key, one of the key things that you said was, you know, you didn't feel worthy about it, uh, worthy to, to benefit from it. And, and I, I think so many people, I know I do. I mean, the number of times where I got, a, I got a battle, you know, you're not worthy to be on Lindsay's podcast. Who are you? I mean, and uh, you're not worthy to be in front of the classroom teaching these kids. And you're not worthy of this or worthy of that. And um, when you have that doubt, uh, you really do have to squash it because because we are worthy. We really are. And teachers are worthy. And teachers are on the front lines. And teachers, you know, I never call it a profession. And when I do call it a profession, it's like, ugh, it's not really, it's almost like a cuss word. You know, it's like, oh, no, I didn't mean. It, it's a calling. It really is. It's the greatest calling in the world. I mean, we are called to impact lives on a daily basis. I always take Billy Graham's uh, coaching quote, and I always change the words, you know, his quote is one coach will impact more lives in a season than the average human will in a lifetime. And I always change it. A teacher will impact more lives in a, in a, a school year than most people will, you know, ever, you know? And so it's, it is, it's the greatest calling on the face of the earth and, and we are worthy of it. And that, and that it's worthy to be celebrated. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing we have to do. We are worthy because of who we are. And I think that is such an important lesson to, for all of us to remember, especially right now during, during times that, that uncertainty is still creeping up, that we're still not sure what we're doing, where you know, our internet kicks out halfway through our lessons, <laughs> where, you know, where the kids won't keep the mask on, like where so many things are happening, none of that is, is, is contingent on your worthiness. Like your worthiness is there, it, it's solid. And so I think anchor into that, um, which I think is a, is a beautiful kind of segue into this last question and just, I mean, you shared so much advice already in this episode, but just is there one, do you have like a go-to piece of advice or, or one piece of advice that you would share with um, any educator listening today? I think my piece of advice, what's been most influential in my life is you've got to win the morning in order to be effective at what you do. Uh, I get up, I don't get up as early as I should right now. I'm still trying to adjust to the school schedule. During the quarantine, I mean, I was up before everybody and I had two and a half hours of solid, you know, win the morning time. 
but I'm still getting up. And then during that time, I, I spend time in prayer and reflection. I journal, I, you know, I read my Bible and then I read a, a book, uh, you know, like the leadership challenge, which I'm still working my way through and, and some other books, you know, just to try to, to center myself for the day and prepare myself for, for the battle that's ahead and, and, and the different road bumps that we're going to, we're going to see. But I, I don't do well if I don't win the morning. I don't do well if, if I don't exercise and I don't do well if I don't eat right. And as simplistic as those three things sound, I think they're foundational to you becoming the best version of yourself. Uh, you can't pour into people in the most effective manner if you aren't feeling good and feeling you know, clean. We talked about that in my psychology class today about how do you feel after a Big Mac value meal versus how do you feel after a nice salad and, and maybe a smoothie? You know, which one makes you feel better? And, uh, and we just talked about how Hippocrates, you know, let food be your medicine and medicine be your food. And it, there's so, such truth that, you know, 340 BC, he was talking about it and he knew it. And now, you know, we, we see it now. You got you to take care of yourself in order to take care of the people that you love around you. And so that, that would be my bit of advice. When I was in my younger years, I, I packed on about 60 pounds, um, probably more. And uh, because I thought, well, I've got to grade papers nonstop and I've got to be in the classroom till 10 o'clock at night. And then I would hit up fast food on the way home. And then I would squeeze some time in for my wife and go to bed and start the whole same thing over again the next day. Um, you can't do that. You know, you got to take care of yourself, take care of your relationships. And then, and then, then you'll be able to do your best for your students. Oh, I love it so much. And yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I love I, I love that, you know, your advice is, is really to be done outside of the classroom to make you the best teacher in the classroom or the best educator you can be in the classroom. And I think that's so important. It's why, yes, I coach on behavior. I'm a behavior specialist, behavior analyst, whichever title you want to use, but I'm going to coach on mindset mostly because if your mindset is solid, if you've got that, you know, growth mindset and the language you're using is powerful and the actions you take are aligned with your values, behavior in the classroom, it's not to say it's not going to happen, but you're going to be so much more able to respond in a, you know, in a, in a nurturing, compassionate way. You know, I think we jump into power struggles. We jump into this conflict cycle when we ourselves aren't feeling great because we're not present. We're thinking about all the things we're weighed down from the food or the lack of sleep or the lack of exercise. And of course, then if we're not feeling great, you know, working, sharing our calm is a lot harder if we're not feeling calm or ready or excited about the day ahead. So I absolutely love that advice. And um, I, I really appreciate you sharing my morning routine is a, is a game, was a game changer for me when I, when I, you know, started using one and it's definitely been, <laughs> it's been my best friend many days. So um, sure. I love that. Well, there is one other thing that I would have to suggest as well. And that would be build your PLN. I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you, you know, as I've connected with, with you and Livia and so many other Teach Better ambassadors and the Teach Better team, uh, people that I've never met who have radically, radically changed my life. Uh, and I have the Teach Better team on Twitter and then all of my friends as a result of that. And then on Facebook, I'm, I'm part of another group for, called Men in Education. And I've got those men in my life. And out of that, you know, I've got an accountability group that's developed out of that with, a, you know, a couple other guys. We call ourselves the Fab Five, you know, and they just, we just speak truth into each other's lives. 
it has radically changed my life. And I don't know if I would have survived the quarantine had it not been for, you know, my PLN. So that would be another, that would be a, a really important. <laughs> Any yeah. new teacher, just get on Twitter and just start connecting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, you know, I, I didn't do it for a long time and it really was quarantine that I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta reach out to somebody. And it just kind of, you know, happened and I couldn't imagine my life without everybody that I've met. So absolutely love that so much. All right, Mark, if people want to stay connected with you, where can they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at THS, Mr. Underscore Horner. Uh, I am on Instagram at, at Mr. Horner, the teacher. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I guess you just look for Mark Horner on there. Uh, that's kind of converted from being like family to being more like a professional network as well. And I'm on TikTok at Mr. Horner, the teacher. So every couple months, I'll throw another video out there. No Snapchat. That's too, that's too difficult for me to try to figure out. But mostly Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. And I will have those linked for sure. Um, and Mark, I just, I so thank you so much for coming on tonight, sharing your story, um, all that you do every single day for your students, um, as well as educators, uh, both in and out of your PLN. It's so appreciated. And I'm so glad we've connected and we were able to uh, chat tonight. So I thank you. Well, I thank you. This has been awesome. It's been awesome. I, I would stay here all night and talk education. This is fantastic. Thank you for what you're doing. I mean, it's having a huge impact. I, I promise you that, Lindsay. Oh, I so appreciate it. And again, so appreciate all the listeners. Appreciate Mark for his time tonight. And that is it for another episode of the Share Your Story series. Stay tuned for new episodes coming out every Sunday. And as always, anything going on with Define You, you can head on to the website, www.defineuniversity.com and get all the updates. Or as you all know, follow me on social media and I will update you there as well. So until next time, have an amazing week ahead, everyone, and we will talk soon. Well, there you have it, everyone. Another new episode of the Define University podcast is in the books, and I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it for you. And if you did, would you do me a favor? Would you head on over and rate, review, subscribe, and even share that out with your friends? And let's let everyone know the amazing world of Define University. Would you do that for me? I would so appreciate you for that. And if you find yourself wondering, what's next? What else is out there? How else can I define who I am as an educator? How do I master my mindset? How do I I use powerful language every day and how do I take aligned action to truly achieving the goals I have to to create my present day reality to be the most amazing reality there is well then I, I would encourage you to head on over to defineuniversity.com and uh, check out the courses page that is all that I offer here and if you see something that you've got questions that piques your interest do me a favor send me an email let's connect I'm here for you every single day. So with that, remember to keep shining bright, live into your authenticity, love who you are, trust who you are, and most of all, own who you are so you can stand confidently in saying, this is who I am. We'll talk soon, everyone.